Welcome to About the Winelands. In this show, we will be chatting to leaders, influencers, wine producers, restaurants, and other role players. Tune in every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday for your latest episodes. You will find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram TV, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back to About the Winelands. Today I'm chatting to Bertus Basson, famous chef from Stellenbosch here in the Winelands. Um, Bertus, welcome to About the Winelands. Well, it's good to be here, man. Yeah, crazy times you're living in, right? Like you, like you said to me before we started recording, it's the longest time you thought you'd sit down and not really be able to do anything. You know, we, we, we are living in, in unprecedented times. Uh, definitely. And, um, you know, the reality is we're not the first people in the world that, that, that have seen any hardship. So our parents and grandparents have faced world wars and, um, you know, uh, the end of apartheid and, and you know, just like crazy things, recessions, depressions. So, so we too will overcome this. And every time there's been something that's changed the world, it, 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 there was positive negatives. So we just need to power forth and get through this in one piece, man. I totally agree with you. I mean, like you just said, we went through two world wars, the so Great Depression and many recessions in between. And 18 months from now, we will look back and and um, remember the uh, the the, um, the the coronavirus and talk about it over a, a glass of wine, like we do about. I was stuck in South Africa for eight weeks with ash cloud, and we all thought we're never going to fly again. I don't know if yeah. people even remember that. <laughs> to make it even more more interesting, I mean, in, in South Africa, I mean, um, our country, our, our country has overcome so much issues uh, in the past already, and we're overcoming issues on it on a daily basis in South Africa. I mean, we've got challenges that most other countries don't have. That's also you know, true. Uh, poverty, challenging race relations, whatever whatever the the, the, the issue is, you know. Um, but but South Africans are resilient, and in general, South Africans are are good people, man. And we'll we'll get through this. Oh, I'm sure well. But just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became involved with the restaurant industry. Sure. So um, uh, I was born in the Cape, but I grew up in the north, uh, Petersburg, uh, Opolokwane, uh, Bitbank, and Nelspreet, uh, longest in Nelspreet. And um, while I was at school in Nelspreet, I started taking a, a subject called Italian Caging, one of the first uh, schools in the country that offered it as a school subject. My father was an old school, old school bank manager. So uh, in my matric year, uh, we were, or my son at nine, we were, we were, we were sent back to the Cape uh, from from Nelspreet, and um, they didn't have the school subject at school level. I always wanted to be a chef. I knew that, that from young that was what I was going to do, right. and um, my parents agreed for, to to enrol me in a, in a in a in a college in Cape Town. And so I left school and sat at nine. Uh, I completed a seven-month course with them, which wasn't it wasn't a great course, but I, I finished it, uh, and uh, that was it, man. My first job was at the Royal Hotel in Rubica Steel many years ago, uh, and then I moved to London, um, and I worked in some great restaurants there, and then I came back to South Africa, and then uh, my South Africa career started. My first job was at Arabella, the old hotel close to Admanus. I oh, opened yeah. up the first part of the team, you know, and then uh, I left there, and I started my first business. So um, I was I was quite young. I was 20, 24. 26 when I thought of my first business, uh, a little catering operation in Somerset West, and that thing grew into Overture, and that grew, and I've, I've always sort of had this love for for restaurants. I, I think restaurants are, are places with lots of life and 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 laughs and, and and so on. And um, uh, you know, we opened up Overture, and then from there on things grew. So at the moment, it's uh, it's Overture, Acre, Speck and Werner, the Freya Burger, and then a few other things that I've that I've that I've, that I've got um, involvement in. So it's it's quite cool, man. 
uh, but essentially I'm a chef. Um, that's my, my, my main job. <laughs> and then uh, on the side, I've, I've, I've also, I call it the empire, but I also have um, obviously a keen, a keen um, interest in, in businesses and running businesses and being an entrepreneur. Well, that's amazing. It's amazing how a place like London, they didn't have the food culture, the French when they opened restaurants and then the whole world, London embraced it and then the whole world started learning in London, right? Yeah, and, and, and Will London still, uh, myself and Marley um, are lucky that we, we've, we've traveled to London together quite often and, and independently. And it's still my favorite city in the world. You know, I always say to people, I feel at home in three places in the world. I feel at home in Stellenbosch, um, in the Cape. I feel at home in Nelspreet because I grew up there and I feel at home in London. There's a, there's a sense of familiarity when I get there. Uh, I love the restaurants. Uh, I love the chefs. I love the, the I, I just I just love the whole food scene in the UK. I, I think it's really engaging and cool. And yeah. um, you know, it's, it's it's a it's an amazing city. So I've, I've always London's always been very kind to me. So you just mentioned you have a you know your your footprint in the winelands, which is quite big. Um, is there anything more that you can tell us about the restaurants? I mean, um, our listeners would like to hear. I mean, you started actually. Um, your, your 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 flagship is Overture, right? That's correct. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I think uh, people are always quite intrigued with with uh, with why I've always changed my restaurants quite often, you know, and uh, people are always sort of intrigued why. But but I, I believe in evolution and not revolution. So things that are revolutionary only last for you know revolutions are short lived, but evolution can last forever. So we we over the, over years we've always changed sort of what we do and how we approach it. And, and we've come to this point now where we're more South African than ever. I think that's quite cool. Um, but, um, you know, each, each of our restaurants, and people often ask me why do I do so many different things, um, because they, they each speak to a different part of me. So Speck and Buena, for example, is a small plate and wine bar with loud music, and I love, I love eating in that way and sharing food. Uh, I also love big, bold flavors. I love great wine lists, and I love loud music. So that's why we built Speck and Buena. <laughs> I also have an affection for 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 uh, takeaway food, so fast food burgers and pizzas and stuff, and and that's where the Frey Burger was born. You know, Acres speaks purely to to me from a nostalgic South African space, and Overture, um, you know, uh, is is very focused on South African produce, and they each one of those things speak to me individually from a from a different in a different way. Um, and the teams that work in them uh, take it on. So, so we're very lucky to have some great chefs that, that help us run our restaurants. And the head chef at Overture and the head chef at Acre, Kyle, and their teams do do a great job. So, um, yeah. So, so Stellenbosch has, has been good to us. You know, we we enjoy working in Stellenbosch. And we also have quite a serious catering operation called Abundance, um, which is run by by um, a good friend of mine and, and an ex-employee, um, Adele Griwach, which she she worked for the Empire for ten years. And we, we build this business uh, together with her. So uh, we keep ourselves busy in office streets under normal circumstances. Well, there you go. So you've also been a host on, and, and a judge on several television shows. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I think the first, this first show that I did was The Ultimate Brian Master. And uh, I did four seasons of the show. And the show takes you sort of on a journey around South Africa. Um, and, and I think um, I can really thank that show for, for showing me. I mean... I was lucky to grow up in a home where we travel South Africa, um, you know, with most of my folks and stuff. But, but, you know, to be able to drive, you know, 12 or 13,000 kilometers around South Africa in like a two-month period is just incredible. And, you know, uh, it, it's, it really taught me a lot about being South African and, and the diversity of our country. And um, so I did four seasons, seasons of, that, of that show uh, with, with Justin Benello. 
and then um, uh, I've done a few a few shows for Via. I think the most notable one uh, was probably my own show called Goed Beter Bertus. We did uh, three seasons, if I remember correctly, two or three seasons of Goed Beter Bertus. I can't even remember. Um, so, so I enjoy TV work. It's um, it's always quite cool to do, and um, you know, it, it just exposes you to a different world. I mean, I always think that the world of of um, uh, the, the lives of cameramen and sound guys and, and producers is, is very similar to restaurateurs and chefs. We work all chefs. We work all hours. We make magic happen with limited resources. Um, you know, they're quite. Um, it's very creative, and, and um, it's one of the few industries that you can sort of start working on a, on a camera on a, on a film set as a as a as a as a runner, and end up being you know the director of photography five years later because you work your way up. And the same thing is, is the same thing happens in kitchens and in restaurants. So um, I've, 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 I've grown great affection for the film industry over, over time. Interesting, because in a restaurant, you get immediate feedback, you know, you know, can immediately see the food and whether your customer enjoys it or not, whether it's in the, in the um, television or the movie industry. You can spend um, a year making a movie and then you get feedback afterwards and nobody likes it. So your feedback loop is a bit slower. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I, I think it's I, I think it's still a process, you know, um, um, they, 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 this, this sort of like I mean, Brian Master was fun. It was a big crew. It was like I think eighty people on the road, just a crew. Wow! And and that organism moving through South Africa is is quite cool. You know, it's it's, it's amazing to be part of it. And I I really enjoyed my time on that show. Um, and it it was good fun. But unfortunately, I had to stop stop doing it because I just got too busy, um, doing with restaurants. You know, and our and our primary business is still running restaurants. It's it's not not making TV shows. Yeah. Could you share a bit about your cookbooks and your pantry product, products that you sell? Of course. So uh, we, we, we've scaled back on the pantry products a little bit. Um, you know, again, the restaurants uh, sort of take priority. Uh, I wrote the first book a few years ago uh, called Homegrown. Uh, and it was, it was really a, a great effort. Um, a friend of mine, Russell Wasserfall, who's a, who's a crack photographer and writer, sort of convinced me that it was time to do a book. Um, he helped me with the writing. Um, we had a great photographer, Clegg Gunn, on board, um, and a stylist called Roxy Spears, and um, it was it was our first effort. And I never wanted to do chefy books. I don't, I, you know, I don't intimidate people through food, and you know, food for me uh, should be relatively simple, especially if you want to encourage people at home to cook it. So the books um, were all the recipes were aimed at, at at keeping it simple and focused, and making sure you can you can get inspiration from the recipes, or at least follow part or the full recipe at home. Uh, ingredients that are easy to find you know recipes should never span over pages a recipe is a single page <laughs> entity in my head um, and um, we assembled the same thing for the second book uh, called being Bassoon. the first book was much more focused on sort of south african nostalgic dining and the second book a little bit more on our lives and restaurants and those sort of things but it was it was wonderful and, and obviously my wife madly um did a great deal of work uh, with the books and she she's really encouraged me I you know i'd come home after a long day in the restaurants and i had no interest in writing anything and <laughs> she was sort of uh, forced my hand and, and and type while i while i talked um and and it, it was quite cool so um she's always she's always been very encouraging with those sort of projects and, and helping me make make dreams become reality so talking about that is your cooking philosophy what what how would you um, sum that up well, I think there's there's a, there's a few things. Um, so the first is definitely uh, be true to who you are, so be authentic. And then in my case, it's being South African, and um, it is who I am. And you know, we in, in South Africa, what excites me about South Africa and being South African is that we we one nation, but we we have several different cultural backgrounds in South Africa. 
And it's, and it's, it's not a point of difference, it's actually a point of celebration. So the fact that I'm Afrikaans oak that grew up in Nelspreet shaped the way that I view food and that I cook. But um, as a South African, I, I'm so stoked that I can celebrate other people's and other cultural cuisines um, under the one flag of being South African. So I can eat Indian food and feel quite at home. You know, I can go to the Burkhop and have an amazing meal and think, you know, it's part of who I am. Um, you know, African food, indigenous ingredients. Um, so that's like the first thing is, is, is be who you are. I think the, 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 the second thing that's extremely important to me is, uh, is produce. Um, so you can only, you're only as good as, as, as the products that you use. And, and we, we choose to focus on, on local suppliers. So the bulk of our produce um, is locally farmed, fished, hunted, sourced. And, um, you know, um, you won't find salmon on any of our menus that's imported from Norway. Um, like, you know, that sort of nonsense. It's all just about local and fresh. And then uh, I think the, the last thing that's important to me is, is seasonality. So, you know, um, you won't find strawberries in our kitchens in the north. So we, we really try and keep, keep things to be, or food and, and cooking to be as seasonal as possible. Um, so so it's, it's, I think it's those sort of three things. It's about being authentic, um, you know, uh, being true to you are, uh, great ingredients, and then being seasonal. And in all of our kitchens, there's these little signs up that says, um, Balance, uh, intention, and uh, I forgot it. <laughs> what the last thing is. <laughs> but it is, it is, it's quite important for us to, to sort of like always be balanced. Everything we do is intentional as well. You know, it, it's, it's balance, balance and intention is very important. Just a quick interruption, but I do need to remind you that we are currently in a very difficult time. The South African government has set up a fund where businesses and individuals can donate to support our country through this crisis. Go to the website now and add your small donation, www.solidarityfund.co.za. Please join us all in the fight against COVID-19. That is at www.solidarityfund.co.za. Now, let's get on with the show. When you're um, uh, looking at, at the chef today to be successful, what important traits should a chef have and what would your advice be to young chefs today? So, look, it's not an easy industry to enter into, but it's very rewarding. So, you've got to, you've got to be able to, um, to be adaptable, I suppose. Um, but, but chefs today, you know, chefs aren't just chefs. And as, as in so many careers, you know, we, yes, we cook food, but we also need to run a business, you know, that, that's cost effective and, and profitable. You've got to look after staff. We've got a very high uh, sort of amount of staff. Uh, so I just want to go back again. All the signs in our kitchen say balance, presence, and intention. Uh, because if you're, present, you know, if you're present in the moment, it, it means that you are here and focus on what you do. Obviously, you do everything with intent. And balance means that it's not just a, a, a plate of balance, but as a person, you also have to be balanced. So balance, presence, and intention. See, I've been out of the kitchens for five weeks now. I forget my own stuff, eh? My own <laughs> preaching. <laughs> so, no, so, as a, so, so, um, you've, you've, it, it's, it is a rewarding career, but it's, it's a tough industry, you know. And um, it's, it's not, not just tough because it's tough working for chefs. I mean, you know, I, I'm quite a tough guy to work for, um, but it's because I need things to be right. You know, um, we, we have to have, and, and, and even in saying that, we don't get everything right, and we do make mistakes. Um, so you've you've got to um, you've got to you've, you've got to have the sort of mindset that it's not it's it's not it's not about me really it's about how how do I make my guests easy or how do, how do I make my guests happy and how do I um, get my business to function correctly um, 
for young chefs to enter the industry, you know, um, be before you enter the industry, I would, I would really strongly suggest before you pay the deposit on your cookery school to learn how to cook, is go spend a month in a professional kitchen um, with a good chef. And then after that, decide if you want to do it. It is long hours and, and it is uh, stressful and it's all the sort of things that people make it out to be. But if you survive all of that, it's extremely rewarding. And you can travel the world through food. You meet amazing people. Um, if you truly enjoy food and cooking, um, this will be for you. You know, kitchens uh, kitchens and restaurants, it's, it's a very different culture. It's not an office job. You know, um, if, if you enjoy restaurant culture and food culture, it's almost like a like a subspecies culture, like a subculture of its own, um, you know, because we understand the hours we keep and we understand the pressures that the people are under. Um, and it's, and it's cool, um, you know, so, so enter the industry, um, but, but know that it will be extremely rewarding if you, um, if you can stick it out. And then I think young people, young chefs don't give themselves enough time to develop. So they start in the industry, you know, for the first couple of years, the pay is quite shit and the hours are long. And then they go, oh, you know, my friends are making so much more money and they all become accountants. But, but you know, the reality is, is that if you give yourself enough time to develop, to become a good cook takes 10 years. To become a good businessman takes even longer. So give yourself time to develop. Success doesn't come overnight, you know. Uh, you're not going to leave cookery school knowing everything. Um, nobody leaves university knowing exactly how to be a CA or how to be a doctor. <laughs> you you learn a lot of things, um, you know, when you enter, enter the industry. So give yourself and allow yourself enough time to really learn um, your trade well and then apply it as best as you can. Excellent advice. Talking about another subculture, I have to ask you about wine. What is your favorite? So I, 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 I'll be hard pressed to give you a favorite wine producer. However, uh, varietals, um, yeah. uh, on, I, I, I drink a lot more white wine than red wine. I love Riesling, um, I love Chenin um, and Chardonnay. Uh, I'm a big Chenin drinker. I'm a big supporter of South African Chenin. And then uh, I like sort of more, a lot lighter, more elegant uh, red wine. So um, I love Grenache, uh, Cinso, Pinot Noir. That would be my, my, my favorites. And then uh, we've, we've got so many friends in the wine industry that just make amazing wines. And, and I think South African winemakers are just, just doing an incredible job uh, at producing a world-class product that we can be so proud of. And, you know, to drink wine in South Africa is actually, it's actually quite a joy because it's not expensive. Yes, you can, you can buy very expensive wines here that are produced here. But in general, if you, if you go bang for buck, um, uh, quality, quality versus quality toe-to-toe, South African wines really show, um, show, show so much. It's, a, it's an amazing, we have an amazing wine industry, very lively, very vibrant. So I, I hear that a lot from um, overseas visitors that they say, you know, our wines have um, good quality and, you know, they enjoy quality wines. Yeah. And I think the reason is they really can't afford a good bottle of quality wine in their own country, whereas a, a, a good quality wine in South Africa for a, a European visitor is quite affordable. And, you know, I think an interesting one for me is like I really struggle drinking wine in, in Europe, especially in France, because I don't understand the appellations. And, 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 and I by, by no means am I a wine, a wine expert. I really am a wine lover. I really enjoy drinking wine. So um, when I travel to Europe, you know, it's difficult for us to choose bottles. And um, in South Africa, we, we, we used to drink wine by varietal. So we drink Chenin and Chardonnay and, you know, like, mm. like, like those, it becomes a bit easier. Um, but I, I also think that even in restaurants, I mean, I often go, I was in London uh, last year and I went to, to a really cool restaurant and I, I struggled again with the wine list. The list was predominantly French. 
and I quickly Googled a wine at the table and uh, the wine was on the list, I think, for 80 pounds and you could buy it at a local supermarket for 14 pounds. And, you know, that's quite a stiff markup. Uh, yeah. In restaurants in South Africa in general, our markups are also quite, quite thin. And um, it's because we realize that we are a wine producing country. But, um, but wine lists in restaurants are also quite important to me. So, so um, I love a great wine list. If I go to a restaurant and the wine list is shit, I'm sort of like over the experience before I start eating. Because if a restaurateur doesn't invest in the list, he wouldn't, won't invest in his kitchen. You know, like that's sort of almost always my theory. So, and it excites, excites me greatly to go to restaurants and you can open the wine list. And it doesn't have to be a big wine list. It's a small focus list and, and, and hand-picked producers. Um, and you can see that they focus on the wine list and, and you can then ex usually expect a better meal because if, if people are wine focused, they usually are also food focused because they focus on the guest experience. How do you experience the wine list and, and how would you experience the cooking? Oh, that's awesome. So, um, that is um, the whole coronavirus of forcing all of us to rethink our business model and, you know, having time to maybe sit and plan a little bit and something like that. Have you have any, I mean, you've been um, almost, um, in, in, you had actually in more than one industry, almost with one foot in the media industry as well. But um, have you had any changes or new ideas in mind? Yes, of course. So, so we'll be from... We, we actually, in the, in the first week, myself and Marley already brainstormed um, sort of, you know, where we are and, and where we think we're going to end up in the future. And the reality is that, is that the restaurants that we closed are not going to be the restaurants that we reopen uh, when we reopen, you know. We're not sure about reopening yet. So, so I think um, from a restaurant perspective, we decided to, to run smaller menus uh, in all of our restaurants. Acre, for example, which used to be a dinner-only restaurant, so only open at night, and it was, it was quite a long menu. We're going to open for lunch as well, and we're going to shorten the menu so that, um, and also obviously charge less for the experience, but, but, but so that people can actually afford it, because also the Africans will, will struggle uh, after this financially. Um, but what we, what, we, what we would like to achieve, um, and what we are going to achieve, is that we are going to offer great experiences at great value. And it, it will still be about the experience, you know, it'll still be about a guest coming to you, you know, to, to have a wonderful experience. Restaurants are like escapism, you know, if you have a great experience at a wonderful restaurant, you, you could have been away for a whole week on holiday, you know, but you had a, a great evening out with amazing wine, delicious food and, and good service. And we still need to, to offer those experiences to our guests so that they can escape the daily grind. So we are going to offer great experiences at, 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 at better value. Um, or, or at, at reassessed value of, I think would be the, the correct term. Um, and that would be in the long term when we can open up our restaurants. And we're very excited about this because every time you sort of force a change the way that you look at something, um, nine times out of 10, uh, there will be a positive outcome. So we're very positive about what, what is, what is, what is the, the, the end result going to be. So the, it's going to breed a new level of creativity. We're going to have to think a bit differently. We're going to have to dig a bit deeper and find more, uh, more exciting ingredients in South Africa for people to enjoy with us. So that's quite cool. The, the immediate change for us, um, which will hopefully happen when we scale down from level five to level four um, in the lockdown, is that we will be able to open up um, delivery services. Uh, we're already geared for that with, with one or two things. We, we thought about this also before we closed. So, so we'll be able to work with small teams in the restaurants and uh, we'll be doing something from Overture, something from Acre, and then uh, the Freya Burger will obviously open up as well, um, all on delivery models. And then we'll see how it goes. You know, that, that sort of is unexplored territory for us, but we're excited to explore it. Well, that's interesting, right? Um, um, at least um, 
it's a start of some business and um yeah i think um you know people every, everybody's saying the first thing they're going to do is order some hot food so there you go <laughs> i mean and and i think you know the local tourism industry is going to have a bit of a boom um we know we might not have international tourism but people will what have what they call staycations in the near future because you know everyone wants to have a vacation after this sure. this trauma they're having so yeah yeah, I, I fully agree. Well, I fully agree. Okay. Your, what is the most important thing that you've learned in your food in, in your food journey? I've learned lots of lessons. Um, uh, well, um, because I don't have any formal qualifications, I I usually pay school fees for my for my mistakes. Huh? So I think I think the most important thing um, uh, for me up to date has been that we, we can't do what we can do, uh, what we do with our people. That's our first thing. So, so we, you know, whether it be guests or team, people, people is a very important part of our business. And then um, I think that the biggest thing for me is, is that, that you can't be everything for everybody or else you'll end up being nothing to nobody. Uh, so, you know, you, you've got to stick to your guns and, and be who you are unapologetically. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that, that's, that's what, it, if, if you're lucky, you've got 80 years on this planet to do what you want to do. And then to be very lucky. So, um, you know, I want to use the time as best I can to do the things that I would like to do. And, and that is um, cook delicious food and, and have and run great restaurants. Oh, that's awesome. So... I have to press you. Can you give us a good wine quote, or well, you can cheat. You can give us a food quote as well. Sure. Uh, uh, any, any any wine quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have a favourite one, or can you invent one for us? Yeah, sure. I just um, you know, sure. If I think if I think about wine, I'm looking over at Mali. A wine quote, babe. Anything you hear? You know? <laughs> no. Uh, we, um, you know. If I if I if I can if I can relate it to South Africa, it won't it won't be a flawed quote, but but the the the, the 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 same would go for South African wines and South African winemakers is is be who you are unapologetically, keep on doing what you're doing. You know, the fact that South African wines have become so much better uh, in the last ten years is testament to great skill and dedication from the industry. And I know the wine industry is gonna feel this pinch as much as we are, we're all gonna feel it together. But we are in this boat together, and there's nothing we can do about it. But we'll get out the other end uh, in in one piece, uh, hopefully together. I think togetherness is a big, um, and people is a big um, uh, thread that I see in whatever you're saying. And it also seems that you and your partner, Marley, are, you know, are on the same page. How important is that as part of your success? Yes, it's and it's, it's amazing. So, so. Um, we, uh, I mean, I, I had a late start in my personal life, so I only met Mali when I was was in my mid thirties. Uh, got married, married at you know a little bit later in, in the second half of thirty. Uh, my first kid arrived at thirty eight. Uh, the second one is sort of on the way at the moment, and um, we got married I think six years ago. And we um, really since since um, Mali's been has been has been part of our business. I mean, she's very different to me. So Mali's a chartered accountant, and um, she she left her full time employment when we got well, after we got married and, and uh, started helping me in the empire. Firstly, as just a accountant, but then slowly she started taking over different roles. You know, helping me with the social media planning, decorating restaurants, 
uh, whatever. And and that is a wonderful springboard uh, for me for advice because the opinion is different to mine, and that's that's fantastic. Uh, but the results that we want is the same. So we want to 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 deal with cool people, and we want to have happy guests in our, in our restaurants. So. Um, so having Marley uh, by my side has been a complete blessing. You know, um, I think since Marley since Marley joined the party, we've really managed to to probably triple triple uh, our business. Um, you know, when I when I met Marley, I had one restaurant. You know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it's, so that, that sort of gives gives you an idea of, of what we've been getting up to. And she also indulges all my stupid ideas. And um, She'll say to me, if she doesn't believe that something is a great idea, she'll just call me up and say, I think it's, it's a bad idea, you know? And you also need that. So you need someone who can say to you, look, that's a great idea. Uh, let's pursue that. Or that's not such a great idea. I think let's park that, that train of thought uh, where it is and move on to the next thing. Um, because somebody, somebody, somebody has to pull out your bullshit at some stage. You know, I think that's just the, the way it is. The beauty you, is if it's somebody that you can trust, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you can't always believe your own hype, you know, or your own nonsense. Mm -hmm. So... So, it's, so I think that that's had a profound effect on our, on our businesses uh, and on our lives together. So Marley is as dedicated to, to running great restaurants as, as I am. Uh, her role is just different to mine. So, you know, well, I would be worried about, about making sure that the fish is great quality um, and that, you know, the chefs are quick enough in the kitchen. Marley's, Marley's stressing about different things. She's stressing about ambiance and aesthetics and, and um, social media and, and the other part of our business that is really important. Oh, that's awesome. But this, it's been a pleasure. If people want to get hold of you, how do they get hold of hold of your, you know, how do they get to know more? Uh, if anybody needs to get hold of us for any reason, so so I must just say before we go, uh, Will, that, that during this time, we started running a little soup kitchen in Jamestown where we live in Finnebosch. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just, we've just moved the operation to Acre, which is our, our restaurant in the middle of town. Okay. Uh, we've got a small team of volunteers together and we, we cook soup for between 150 and 200 people uh, from Acre every day. Um, so if anybody wants to get hold of us to either help with this initiative or just talk about business or just wants to get in touch for anything or just catch up, um, make a donation towards Soup Kitchens because we're going to expand this operation hopefully to other, other needy communities or other communities in need uh, in, uh, in the Stellenbosch area. Um, please pop me a mail to bartes at bartesbasson.com. Just remember the, the .com at the end is .coza, so it's very simple. It's Bertus at bertusbasson.com or you can go visit www.bertusbasson.com and uh, there's, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, uh, there's, there's quite a bit of, of, of contact details on the website. So just go take a look at what we get up to and um, we hope to see everybody soon for either the Fred Burger or an amazing Aiken meal. Well, that's amazing. I mean, I've, I'll put all the links and stuff in the descriptions um, of, of everything so uh, people can get all of you. But Bertus, it's been a pleasure. Um, and um, thank you for spending the time. I know you're busy. And enjoy the rest of your time at home. And good luck with everything. Um, we uh, think about everybody in this industry at this time. Um, I know it's difficult, but you guys seem to have your, 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 your hand on, on things. So thank you very, very much. What you want, you can say, well, you seem to have your shit together. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we, yeah, no, we, 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 we stress as much as everybody else, but we, we're going to try and keep as calm as possible to, to get through this in one piece. All right, that is have a nice one. Ciao, ciao. Thanks, well, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you for supporting our show. If you would like to get more exposure for your business, please have a look at our sponsorship options. Thanks again for supporting About the Winelands. Please follow us on YouTube and on our social media channels. 
all details and links are in the description.